countdown to the Wildcats. 100 days. 100 days from BYU at Arizona to open the college football season. Keeping it a hundy. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday, May 24th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with G.I. Joe collector Jason Shepard. I have gotten rid of all of my GI Joes. Like, like I think you, I think you've said at one point you still have some of your, your toys from your childhood. All of mine are gone. I've gotten rid of all of those through moves, just thinking it was junk, you know, and not realizing how valuable they would be. I don't have any of my stuff like that anymore. I'm considering putting my entire He-Man toy collection up on eBay just to see. Just to see what happens. I have all of the original parts and most really? of the characters. Like the majority of my He-Man Not like collection. in the box still. No, they're not in their plastic casings. I played with the toys, but I've got all of them with their specific pieces. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking like weird vehicles that shoot these. That's probably dangerous today that would never pass uh, well, it wouldn't the toy pass safety today. inspection today. We happen to survive those years. <laughs> We're just fine. You know, you can't have fun as a child last time I checked. Yeah, you want to talk about putting an eye out? Like, there are some toys I have that could put an eye out. Yes, yes. <laughs> so is He-Man, was He-Man the go-to? Hot commodity. Yes. Skeletor, She-Ra, He-Man. She-Ra? Were you a She-Ra? She-Ra! Absolutely. Okay. The Brave Princess of Star. Power. Oh, man. Not that I know that. Somebody was just feeding that into my Great ear. stuff. What was the name of He-Man's lion friend, the character? Cringer. Cringer. And Battle Cat. The Battle Cat. Cringer. Let me tell you, to this day, <laughs> when he says, I have the power, pulls out the sword, chills. Still to this day. <laughs> it's clear Jason Shepard is a He-Man guy. <laughs> Chills. The point is to keep keep the audience here, Jason. <laughs> Huge show today. 100 days to BYU's college football season, plus some new revelations by the BYU basketball coaching staff about the future of the program. With that said, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. One hundy, exactly four minutes and 18 seconds into game number nine of the 2017 season. Micah Simon caught a 23-yard pass from quarterback Tanner Mangum to put the Cougars over 100 points scored for the season. Nine games in. At Cougar Stats has something to add via the Twitter machine. Quote, taking nine games to reach 100 points last year, were the most games needed to cross that threshold since 1963. Wow. Where BYU failed to score 100 points for the entire season. BYU only needed two games to get to 100 points in 1977 and 2001. Which leads us to our opening topic and our question of the day. Jason, when will BYU cross the 100-point threshold this season? Look. This is so hard to answer. 
I'm going to say game seven versus Hawaii. Okay. That long? Well, here, look, I am being extremely conservative with my points per game for a couple of different reasons. Number one, this is a new offense, which we all know. Okay. We, there, we don't know what this offense is looking to do, how it's going to mesh. We, we don't know that. We can speculate, but we don't know until we see it for a couple of games. The other thing is, as of right now, BYU does not have a starting quarterback. BYU does not have a starting running back. Those are your two primary, you know, ways of scoring. You know, we know the receivers that are there, but without knowing who the quarterback is, it's so hard to be able to answer that question. I went through and just guesstimated very conservatively, and I said through six games, I thought BYU would average right around about 17 points per game. So through six, that would give them the opportunity to hit 100 points in game seven. Wow. It's extremely difficult to try and gauge that. That is super conservative. It's difficult, it's difficult to say wins and losses, let alone how many points they're going to score. Typically, BYU in the recent past has done it somewhere between games three and five. Last year was an outlier. This year, because of the reasons that you cited, brand new offense, they're trying to figure out who the quarterback is, which quarterback's going to throw the receivers and the tight ends the ball, who's going to be the main running back, for crying out loud. Jeff Grimes wants to be multiple. So there are a lot of question marks. For me, realistically, it's game six against Utah State. Hoping for game five against Washington. Season opener, typically a low-scoring effort for BYU. It's also a road game at Arizona probably 20 or less. BYU then hosts Cal, who's supposed to have a revamped defense, and they're supposed to win eight games. Put that between 21 and 24 points. Road trips to Wisconsin and Washington in games three and five. BYU scored 17 the last trip to Madison, and that was with Taysom Hill, Cody Hoffman, and Jamal Williams. Yes. Washington is a potential top five team. 20 or less probably for those games. Blue goggled, it's game four against McNeese State if BYU can put up like 55 or 60. When they put up 55 or 60. But BYU scored 20 against Portland State last year in the opener. It, there, there are too many variables to to try and figure this out. We, we just don't know so much about this offense. Yeah, I said game seven, but realistically, it could be five or six. If, if the offense picks up quicker than what, we're, what we assume will probably be the case, there's going to be... You know, growing pains with a new offense. There always is. So to be able to sit and, and say, okay, well, that's the game they're going to hit our points, that is so difficult to do. If BYU puts up 50-plus against McNeese State, it's a good chance it might be game four against the Cowboys. We'll see. I'm going to go with hopefully game five, realistically game six. Hopefully game one. Let's just get it out of the way. At Arizona, 100 points, done. <laughs> uh, BYU with Jim McMahon's <laughs> game-high record, 83 points. Probably not going to happen. UTEP. All right, when we look at this upcoming schedule for BYU, there are so many interesting games. And for a lot of people, the most interesting may be the last one, the November 24th matchup in Salt Lake City. We're not going to put any limitations on what you think is the most interesting. That's up to you to decide. With that said, Spencer, looking ahead to the season as a whole, okay. what is the second most interesting game on the schedule? With my Bradley Cooper limitless <laughs> goggles on. That's I am bold, going the with the 
Cal game at home in Provo as the second most interesting game on the schedule. Home opener, tone setter for BYU season in Provo. BYU went two and four at Lavelle Edwards Stadium last season. Two and four at home. That cannot happen. Cal is a much better team. And I'm not going to put the expectation on BYU that they're going to go on the road, beat Kevin Sumlin, a new head coach at Arizona, with his Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback, Khalil Tate, in Tucson. That, that's asking a lot, in my opinion. Of course, BYU fans want and hope for that, but I'm not going to expect that. That said, you got to come home and get to 1-1 one and one if you drop that opener. The diff- think about the difference between 1-1 one and 0-2, one and oh and knowing that you've got to go to Madison yep. in week number three. BYU can't afford to wait until McNeese State to pick up their opening win of the season. I think it needs to happen against Cal. It just sit, it changes everything for me if BYU can split the opening two and take care of business specifically at home against Cal. Changes the entire course of the season. And also, it puts BYU, in my, in my opinion, on the fast track to making a bowl game, which I think they will do. My answer to this question for my second most interesting, I could make a case that it's also the most interesting. And I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's for a lot of the reasons that I mentioned in the first topic that we discussed. New offense, new coordinators, new players, you're you're possibly a new starter, new starters at running. Who knows? There's so many new things. I'm going with Arizona. I'm going with the season opener. That, That is a set-the-tone type of game. Plus, it should help us answer those questions. And so when you talk about interesting, that's, that's why it would be interesting to me because it would help us get some of those answers. Depending on how they would play it that, in that game, in the opener, kind of sets the table and maybe some expectations for games down the line. So let's say, let's say your, your most interesting game, which I can certainly understand why you would say it would be Utah, because it could be for a bowl game in Salt Lake City for oh, both. Good grief. But for, for, for my second, I, I think that game at Arizona, which as we've talked about a lot today and will continue, is 100 days away from right now. That, to me, could set the tone. And that's why it could be the most interesting, because we could finally get some answers to all these questions we've been asking about for months. Yes. This is the first opportunity for BYU fans and for everyone to see what the new offense is going to look like under Jeff Grimes. But there are a bunch of kinks to work out. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be sloppy, which is why I like Cal, home opener, game two, after they've worked out some of those kinks. And because BYU needs to take care of business at home. Yes. They want to make a bowl game. You've got to protect your home turf. Two and four. And BYU has always done that. Lavelle Edwards Stadium has always been a place where BYU has picked up the W. Beat Cal changes the whole dynamic yep. of the season at home. In the spirit of 100 days to the college football season, Jason, who will be the first BYU running back or receiver to have a 100-yard game in 2018? Look, I, I have been on the bandwagon for this guy. My answer is one Zachary Lopini Katoa. I am on board. I have really high expectations for this young man this season. And because we know how important it is going to be to establish the run, I think he's the first between the receivers and the running backs. I think 
Zach Katoa is the first to reach the 100 mark. This is tough because the running back group, there are five guys back there that have game experience. Yes. Squally Canada, Riley Burt, K.J. Hall, Ula Tolutau, Kavika Fanua is out for the season, it would seem, with uh, with his injury that he sustained in spring. But then there's Zach Katoa, mm-hmm. who is the guy that Fred Warner pointed out last year. Man, he's really good. Can we can we use him? And they thought, no, we're going to redshirt him. We're going to bring him out this year. So who knows? But I feel like a lot of different guys are going to get the ball, so it's going to be hard for one guy to break 100 because they want to be multiple. Again, when you want to be multiple and do a lot of different things and spread it all over the field to a bunch of different guys, like you're not going to have one player putting up those eye-popping numbers. That said, I think it's going to be Squally Canada, and I think he's going to do it in Game 4 against McNeese State. I think he will be the guy that will run crazy in the first half against the Cowboys and break 100 yards, and he'll be the first 100-yard rusher of the season for BYU. Oh, you're going with the actual game, too. I just – look, you're home. You're coming off a brutal three-game stretch to open the season. You figured some things out with your offense. It's game number four, and you can begin to impose your will against that team, and I think it's going to be Squally Canada. I don't think think that it's crazy that you could have a 100-yard rusher in one of the first two games. Well, Jamal Williams ran for 100 yards that's right. I mean, yeah, I mean, against I, Arizona, but that's Jamal Williams. Look, I mean, I don't think you're doing it against Wisconsin. You think you're going to do it against <laughs> Arizona or Cal in, I'm, I'm in a brand new offense? I'm just saying that, well, it's, the one thing, look, when you're starting an offense, the one thing that typically those teams will rely on is the running backs because th- that's, that's what they want to establish. I think there's a high probability that it comes from the running back. That's why you and I both went with running backs. But I don't think it's crazy to think that it could happen in the first two games. But keep this in mind. They're going to try out a bunch of different guys in those first few games to see who responds. That's why it's going to be hard, in my opinion, because it's going to be hard to rely on one dude early on if you're trying to figure out who the guy is. The 2018 BYU football season will be the Cougars' eighth year of independence, and it just so happens that BYU's game at Boise State on November 3rd will be the Cougars' 100th game as an independent. What will BYU's record be this season entering its 100th game of independence at Boise State, Oh, boy. Okay, so that is game number nine, and we've talked about the relevance of game number nine into a season relating back to 2017. (laughs) So through eight games, what will BYU's record be? Man, I want to say five and three, and that's with some blue-goggled undertones. Probably four and four, which, again, to me, is in perfect position to be bowl eligible, which I think 100% is going to happen. That's going to happen. BYU is going to a bowl game. You have New Mexico State and UMass following the Boise State game plus Utah. But probably four and four. I mean that the front half of the schedule is loaded. You play four power fives in the first five games. Three of those are on the road before Utah State and Hawaii come to Provo. And then you've got a pretty good Northern Illinois program out of the Mac that might compete again for a Mac championship. Typically a nine to ten win program. They're Toledo. They remind me of Toledo when BYU went to that shootout a couple of years ago. Four and four, which I think puts BYU in prime position to be bowl eligible. Yeah, I'm going to be conservative on this one as well. I I think there's a, I think BYU should be five and three heading into that. I think, like you though, ultimately they will be four and four. 
Again, I'm going to I'm going to be conservative on there with just so many unknowns. I think 4 and 4 sounds about right and to your point the goal for this season, obviously you want to win as many games as you want, but it's it's getting back to bowl eligibility. And if you're 4 and 4 heading into that game at Boise State or even better, if you're at least 4 and 4, you have got yourself in a prime position to be able to be bowl eligible. So I think that would be a very positive thing. Again, going back to that Cal game. Jason, BYU's got to win that Cal game if they have hopes of having a winning record going into Boise State. Five and three, you got to beat Cal at home, in my opinion. That's or you could just happen. win at Camp Randall. It's fine. Oh, my goodness. Our question of the day. <laughs> BYU football scored its 100th point of the season in game nine last year. Game nine. Which game will they cross the 100-point threshold this season? Time to hear from you, BYU Sports Nation. Combine your voices. For the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at Grizz Father. Game four, McNeese State. Arizona, BYU scores 25 plus. That has not been the case. That is not, not in game one. Road, season opener, new offensive coordinator. It just that's that's a lot to ask. Cal, BYU scores 25 plus. I've got him at 21 to 24 in that home that's, opener. That's not crazy. Wisconsin BYU scores 10 in a loss. Okay, the Cougars scored 17. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Cody Hoffman, last time they went to Camp Randall. Then McNeese State, BYU scores 40 plus. And BYU is going 3 and 1 into Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I like the optimism. That would be amazing. I love it. If BYU starts 2 and 0, oh, you know, just the hype will be at an all time high. Going into Wisconsin. Coming up, according to a BYU basketball assistant coach, the roster is set. We will discuss that later in the program. And Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, is back in Studio B. Which BYU team does he have higher expectations for next season? Football or basketball? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hey, speaking of the BYU store, you can join Spencer and Jerem tomorrow at the BYU store. They'll be broadcasting BYU Sports Nation live from 10 until 11 local time, noon to 1 Eastern. You can stop by, you can say hi, pick up the latest Cougar gear while you're there. Not can join, Jason. Will join. You will join, Jason. Are you going to the Jedi mind trick right now? What are we we seeing right now? (laughs) Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation always rolling on social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BYU Sports Nation. Check out our Facebook page as well. Hashtag BYUSN whenever, wherever, however you would like to converse with us. Our question of the day. BYU football scored its 100th point of the season in Game 9 last year. Which game will they cross the 100-point threshold this season? Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at CL underscore living. Game five, that would be at Washington. 100 points, five games times 20 points per game. Bronco Mendenhall's target was 24 points per game, and averaging at least 20 points per game this year is reasonable. Joining us now to discuss that and much more, Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst, all-around good man. Blaine, welcome back to the show. What's going on, guys? I haven't seen you for a few weeks. I've been on the road. You have been on the road. I've been on You've the been road. Busy. been busy. You yep. look tan. Well, the road took me to Hawaii 
So that got me a little uh, tan. It work. took me to Las Vegas where after I got done with work, I actually went out to the pool for a little while. So travel took me to a few warm places. Zip lining, pool time, golf yeah. course. We did we did all of that. Did you take advantage <laughs> of the uh, the Golden Knights hockey while you were in Vegas? You want to know what I wanted to badly. I was there for their Friday night when they had a playoff game, and you could not get a ticket. Oh. Like, I have some hookups in Vegas. I could not get a ticket. That, That's that is the, something. It is the hottest ticket in town. You think Hamilton's a big deal. <laughs> The Golden Knights in Vegas right now are big time. Yeah, you need George Clooney to get into the yeah, Vegas it was, Golden it, Knights. It's big time. I wanted to go. It was it was on my, you know, try to get tickets list, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Well, you've got I, tickets. I am, I am going to Dear Evan Hansen next Friday in New York. Okay. Which which was okay. on my bucket list. I'm doing that one next Friday. So. Lane Fowler and his connections with us on BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. 100 days away from the college football season for BYU. We've been talking about it for uh, the first 20 minutes of the show. BYU crossed over 100 points for the season in Game 9 against San Jose State last year. That was crazy. Got to go all the way back to 1963 the last time that happened. Which game will BYU cross over 100 points in the 2018 season? So I was just thinking through this with you guys and adding up numbers at the break just before we came back. And, and I say they go over 100 in the Washington Okay. Game. I'm hopeful they and, will. And, and here's why. I think they're going to average about 20 for the first two games. I think they're going to split those first two games. I think they'll get one of them, more likely to win the home game than the road game. But I think they can average about 20 uh, in those first two games. I I think even though they go on the road and really have a tough time against Wisconsin, they can scratch out 17 in that game. I think they get 35-plus at McNeese State. So that sets them up to be able to to break that 100 threshold in the Washington game. And uh, and so I think, you know, that McNeese State game in there helps them get there quicker. But before the season's over – I would like to see him be a, a top 50 scoring team in the nation. To do that, you got to get by season's end to about 30 points a okay, game. Okay, whoa. And, and I know that's a tall test. That's, that's asking for a huge improvement, but I think that's a legitimate ask of this team if they can stay healthy and have consistency at running back and quarterback because I really, really like this offensive line. Uh, and so if they can get to 30-plus and be a top 50 scoring team um, – I, I think that would be a great accomplishment, and I think it's possible. I think it's possible. Once you get above 30, then it, then it, every point makes a huge difference. If you can get to average between 32 and 33, you're usually a top 30 scoring team. I mean, that's how quickly it goes up. The top teams in the country last year, Central Florida, those types of teams, Oklahoma, they all average 47, 48 points wow. a game. That's, I don't expect that in any way, shape, or form, but I certainly would like to see this team be a top 50 scoring team to be 30 points a game by the end of the season, and they have enough games sprinkled in if they can stay healthy where they can score that maybe they can have that 30-point average. Well, in order to do that, you're going to need really big performances from your playmakers. So the question that we had discussed in our first segment was – which running back or wide receiver do you expect to reach the 100-yard mark first? I went with Zach Katoa. Spencer went with Squally. How would you answer that? I like that we have the 1-2 coming into this season. Um, you said it could be a receiver, too. Yeah. 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 Who do How you think? about Dylan Colley? Okay. Okay. And, and here's why. The guy is just a flat-out gamer. He's played in big games. He catches the ball in traffic. He's, he reminds me of the classic BYU receivers. Why not Dylan Colley? You know, why not a wide receiver uh, that's willing to go over the middle? He's not a big dude, crazy fast, flypaper hands, 
Why not Dylan Colley have a 100-yard game early on? And I'm, I'm okay if between Katoa and Squally, they average like 150 a game between the two of them. Sure. And, and that would be great with me if they could do that, that one-two punch. And I like, I like the way the running back group is, is setting up. I like that there's some new additions to the receiving core that weren't there last year. They're going to add some depth and some athleticism and some, some great hands to that group. So um, it, it's just about staying healthy. And they, they have to have consistency at quarterback. Yeah. You know, they were playing Joe Critchlow last year. They had no intention to play him. And so, to his credit, he did really well. But he got no reps in preparation until he was playing. This year in spring, they got a lot of guys ready. And they'll continue to do that over the summer and into the fall. I just can't see BYU having the quarterback struggles that they had last year. That makes a huge difference in your ability to score and move the football. Which football game on the 2018 schedule is the second most interesting game, Blaine? So what are you guys saying is the first most interesting We're, we're leaving that open to interpretation. I think we went in assuming most people would say Utah, Utah would the, be one. At the end but of the not, season. We're end not saying season. it has to be, but that's what we assume. Because I think at Wisconsin is as big a deal as Utah. I mean, maybe not because the – and I, we don't expect them to go back and beat Wisconsin, who's a preseason top five team, right? So, so if I'm going to pick – Okay, so let's take Utah and Wisconsin out. Did I say Washington is the next? Really, is the next big game? Cu- couple of things. First of all, one of my favorite stadiums in the country. Uh, it is gorgeous up there in the setting. They've redone it. Last time I was up there, BYU came away with a with an upset. Well, last time I was up there for a BYU game, I should say. I've been there for other games, but uh, Jake Locker was the quarterback. Uh, yes, Kellen was playing. It's just an unbelievable game. So I still have a lot of warm fuzzies from the last time I was up there. Right? The stadium's <laughs> is been the redone. Jorgensen game? Yeah. 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 <laughs> the stadium still has been redone since then. Phenomenal setting. Great place for BYU fans to go. I think they'll come out in mass. And it's a huge game against another preseason, at least unanimous top 10 preseason team. Um, so so I would say, I mean, those are the big three, Utah, Wisconsin, uh, and Washington. Okay, quick hitter here, and then uh, I want to finish with some expectations for BYU football and basketball. True or false, BYU will go to a bowl game in 2018. True. I, I expect them, Dave McCann and I sat down with a schedule the other day, and we just went through it. It sets up so much better. There's games earlier in the season that are winnable. Last year, they got beat up so badly by the time it was – winnable game time that they lost winnable games. There's more winnable games in the first eight games of the schedule. I, I, I think they're seven and four going into the Utah game. I would love that. I would love it. I think they're seven and four going into the Utah game. So there's your answer. Yes. Okay. All right. So we talked about expectations. We're starting to hear more and more about the basketball schedule now and the team, and we'll get into that a little bit later on the show. But we're curious, who do you have higher expectations for this season, the BYU football team or the BYU basketball team? That's all, it depends on what you – so – to me, I have really high expectations for football, and, and this is a step forward year where they get to seven or eight wins in the regular season. They get to seven wins. I'm pumped. I just want them in a bowl game, right? Yes. Especially with the kind of schedules they're playing, right? Um, basketball team, I, my expectation is that with what we know is coming back now, even without Eli, uh, with getting Nick Emery back and Yoli's coming, uh, I expect them to be in the NCAA tournament this year, and so that's a pretty high expectation. So I would say the basketball team for me has higher expectations. Thus far, Elijah Bryant, and he's no, you know, he's not your typical guy. He, he led the team in scoring for crying out loud. He's the only guy leaving. BYU's had a lot of turnover recently. One guy this year? That yeah, could, could play a huge role. That's why I think there's a big difference. And, and th- think about it. You replace him with Nick, who's not a new guy. Right. He's a veteran guy. Guys understand their roles and 
Nick is a fearless basketball player, um, and and he wants the ball in his hands at the ends of the game and end of games like Eli. So I I think it's an it's an okay swap. I think Nick has the ability. To if he wants to, he can be a really good defender. He's capable of physically. He's very strong, especially a really strong lower body. And so if he puts his mindset to it, he can be a great defender. So I, th- I think it's an okay swap. I, I, and now the rest of the team is all veteran. He's a veteran. I expect them to take a step forward. And St. Mary's loses a bunch of guys. Right, so it doesn't seem to matter when Gonzaga loses a bunch of guys, does it? <laughs> it just it doesn't with seem other to matter when they lose a bunch of guys. So let's just call that what it is. But I think BYU takes a step up, and and my expectation for them is with veteran guys who understand their role that they should be back in the NCAA tournament. All right, trying to break a three-year skid of not making it to the Big Dance. Blaine, great stuff. Thanks for the time. Good to talk to you guys. Coming up, what is the biggest news about BYU basketball's roster being set? We'll discuss that coming up. When will BYU football cross the 100-point century threshold in the 2018 season? More from you in the Voice of the Nation next. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. And now proudly presenting some of today's top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU basketball assistant coach Tim Lacombe quoted in today's Deseret News saying, everyone but Elijah Bryant returns. The roster is now set. Lacombe goes on to mention that the roster does include Nick Emery. Much more on what that means for BYU basketball on their approaching season coming up in about 10 minutes. Number 39, BYU men's golf begins competition at the NCAA National Championships. Now, in order to avoid Sunday play, the team will post their third-round score today ahead of the rest of the field. Good luck, to the guys on the course. BYU track and field opens competition today at the NCAA West Preliminaries in Sacramento, California. 23 of the 52 BYU athletes who qualified for regionals, it's a huge number, 52, will begin competition today, including a guy we just spoke to in Studio B, Abe Alvarado, middle distance superstar. He joined, of course, BYUSN, got the karma earlier this week. We'll see what he can do as he pursues some big-time numbers specifically in the 800. How about this? The EuroLeague ranked the top 10 American players of the season. Former Cougar Brandon Davies came in at number five, higher than any other American center. Also, Elijah Bryant worked out for the Los Angeles Lakers yesterday in a pre-draft workout, which led to this tweet from Bryant that included a quote from Magic Johnson and a photo of him with the Hall of Fame point guard. I believe he's a Laker fan, too, so that's a pretty, that's a big deal anytime you get your picture with Magic, let alone uh, being yes. a Laker fan on top yes. of it. Also, uh, Jerem Jordan aptly pointed out that Elijah Bryant had a jersey on he was not shirtless and elijah responded by saying rules Rules. you gotta follow the rules spencer (laughs) let's go back to the voice of the nation this is the voice of the nation on byu sports nation our question of the day sound off on twitter instagram or facebook or all three if you want to BYU football scored its 100th point of the season in game number nine last year against San Jose State. Micah Simon caught a 23-yard touchdown pass from Tanner Mangum just about four minutes and change 
into the second quarter, okay? Or the to first be quarter. Sorry, the first quarter. Which game will BYU cross the 100th point threshold this season at Laser Sheep? Game six, which is what I said as a conservative slash realistic option. That's home game to Utah State. Those are tough games up front. I don't see 17-plus in many of the games the first half of the season. Hashtag reverse curse. So you see what, okay, he, I see what he did there. Plus. I, like, I like what he, right. he said. 17-plus reverse curse, meaning they would actually score the 17. Now, at Washington, I am hopeful for. And BYU has done that in 2016 and 2015. They went over 100 points in game number five. Look, it's we both went conservative because there's just too many unknowns with the offense right now. It's certainly, especially if they get off to a hot start, if the offense does click, which again, as we've said, doesn't typically happen when you're bringing in a new offensive staff and and you know scheme. That first game, it takes it takes some time, but if they can find a rhythm early, that's certainly possible. If BYU goes over 100 in Game Four against McNeese State. Things are going well for the new offense. Absolutely. Uh, this one from at var underscore black. So my hope is that it will happen in game five. That means we would average 20 points a game. I really don't think that it's too much to ask, even with the schedule. If we want to be considered a P5 program, we have to be able to play P5 teams and at least compete in those games. Typically, BYU has competed in those Power 5 games. The recent memory is such a strong carrier of emotion and how we view things coming into the next season that we tend to forget about what has typically happened in the past. I'm in a glass case of emotion right now. (laughs) Bark twice if you're in Milwaukee, okay? BYU has competed against those Power 5 teams, notably Washington and Wisconsin. These are not trips that are unfamiliar to the BYU program. But can BYU put up 20 in Madison in Game 3? That's going to be tough. As you mentioned, the team with Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill, Cody Hoffman, Cody Hoffman scored 17. I guess a pretty good Wisconsin Badgers team. This Wisconsin team is supposed to be better than the team that BYU played in Madison in 2013. Yes, and they were very, they were very, very good last year. Uh, at Joshua Hogan, 32-18, Game Four. That would mean BYU would pass Broncos' 24-point rule in each of its first four games. McNeese State helps this a lot. Can BYU's offense be rolling when they come home to play an FCS team at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? That's the question that is out there. If they put up 50-55, they might do it in game number four. Still, I think hopeful would be by game number five. At 86, W.I. Coog. The key will be McNeese State. He agrees with me. Can BYU score six touchdowns plus versus the Cowboys if they are under 42 against McNeese State? Might not get to 100 points until game six against Utah State. I love how we're like, yeah, but they've got to score at least 45 for me to be happy with the win. Just get the win. No, win. Just get the win. BYU when beats BYU McNeese scores State 100 points, doesn't matter. If even, let's say, win. It, if it takes game, game nine again, let's say it happens in game nine. Doesn't matter if at game nine you're six and three. You know what I mean? BYU won't be six and three if they are going over 100 points in game nine. Don't worry about (laughs) how many they scored. The win is the important part. Yeah, yes, of course. Of course. Find a way to win ugly in that season opener, low scoring, weird, a lot of transition for both teams. 
come home, just split the first two and go from there. And I think that you're off to a great start coming off of a four and nine. See, that's why I think that game at Arizona is so important. If you win that game, but if you do, see, the thing is, if you don't, BYU is yes, right now. BYU is a fourteen point. Yes, I understand. I understand. Splitting the first two is is what you hope, but you really hope. You can win the first one, and then you get greedy, and then you want the second one. <laughs> the blue-goggled fandom will be at an all-time high if BYU goes 2-0 after a 4-9 season. Coming up, a couple of BYU teams begin competing at Nationals. More on that coming up in the whip. And we've talked about it a couple of times. It's time to dive in. What we learned about the roster for BYU basketball and what it means for the Cougars and what Blaine Fowler says they should do. Get back to the NCAA tournament. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And you can join Spencer and Jerem tomorrow at the BYU Store. They'll be broadcasting BYU Sports Nation live from 10 until 11 local time, noon to 1 Eastern. You can stop by, say hi. Excuse me. You will stop Thank by. Thank you. I was going to correct you. You will say hi. That's very demanding. And now you can pick up some of the latest Cougar gear. They'll be there to sign autographs, take pictures, possibly go home and clean your house for you. It's all on the table. It really is. Wow. I'm going to auction something off for uh, my cleaning capabilities? Why not? <laughs> I mean, you're, yes, your uh, personal house cleaner for a day. It's like, uh, it's like, but Cindy, I thought you were busy. You had to clean the house. That's all right. I got Spencer Linton cleaning the toilet for me. Oh, please no. <laughs> please no. Live from Studio B, your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard, our daily BYUSN rebroadcast, including tonight, a Thursday night, on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Our question of the day, BYU football scored its 100th point of the season in Game 9 last year. Which game will they cross the 100-point threshold this season? Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. At Kiwi Jackman, in on Twitter. Oh, boy. Game eight. Improvement, right? In parentheses. Sorry, the schedule's just too darn tough. Game eight? Again, if it's game eight, BYU's averaging 13 points a game. McNeese State will change all of this. It'll change all of it. It's the cure-all. McNeese State is the cure-all, apparently. Game eight? Regardless of what happens, when McNeese State comes, all will be well. I get what he's doing, though, with the eight. Improvement. Okay. Very, very, very conservative improvement. Kiwi Jackman, are you the guy that also says, well, BYU is going to go 5-7 and seven this year. Improvement. <laughs> uh, this one coming from Instagram. This one from uh, AmLarson12. If it is by the third week, we're going to have a great year. If it's game four because we score 50 against McNeese, then it will be a long season. Why will it be a long season if BYU goes over 100 in week four? Uh, no, that'd <laughs> be great. If it's week four, people will be elated. That would be great. If BYU is over 100 points against McNeese State, then at worst, they're 2-2. Two and two. At worst. That's knocking five games off of last year's pace offensively if it happens in game four. At worst, they're 2-2 two and two if they are over 100 against the Cowboys of McNeese State. Oh, no, Am Larson, please. Please. Please don't think this way. Is this the re- No, maybe this is the reverse psychology. Like, you don't need I'm going to be upset points. if it's fourth. 100 yeah. points? By the end of the Wisconsin game? Oh, 
Oh my goodness! The, listen, these blue goggles don't even work for that. Oh, the the big ones. It's a push for these blue goggles to hit a hundred over Wisconsin. Maybe both by Wisconsin. Good grief! Okay, I'm wow. I'm thrown off my game. How about we switch gears a little bit? Talk a little Please, basketball. Yes, here. let's do that. Apparently, the 2018-2019 BYU basketball roster is set, according to the Deseret News, an article by Dick Harmon. He spoke with Tim Lacombe. He's had conversations with Dave Rose. And the roster, with Yoli Childs coming back and Elijah Bryant leaving and nobody else apparently leaving, is all set to go. No transfers. None. Yeah, that's that's one of the interesting parts about this is that we've typically seen, and it's not just BYU, it's just programs in general where in the offseason you seem to have quite a bit of turnover. Guys, for whatever reason, decide they want to go play other places, and, and BYU has seen that over the last couple of years where you've had you know, a couple guys deciding that they want to go play somewhere else or whatever the case may be, but this year you have... Elijah leaving, and that's it. Yeah. And I think it goes to what Blaine was talking about as to why he's so excited for the upcoming basketball season is, yes, you lose Elijah, and he was a huge part of it, but adding Nick Emery, somebody who isn't new, this is just another year for this team to be together that he thinks that's a, very, it's a, a positive thing, and I happen to agree with him. If the roster is indeed set, and you got to go with what the coaches tell you, right? Then the starting five most likely will be this. T.J. Haas, Jashir Hardnett, Nick Emery pending what happens with the NCAA and the inquiry there, Mm -hmm. Yoli Childs, and Luke Worthington with Zach Selyus and McKay Cannon and Gavin Baxter and Dalton Nixon all coming off the bench to contribute in big ways. And then who knows what Peyton Dastrup does? Is Peyton Dastrup the first big off the bench, or does he somehow sneak in there and find a way to start a few games. So what is your biggest takeaway from this? Because there's, a, as we mentioned, there's three or four things here. What's the one that stood out to you the most? The fact that there's only one guy gone from last year's roster. That has not happened in a very long time for BYU basketball. Just continuity. The ability to have the same guys to work on specific things with the guys you've been coaching the previous year. That makes a huge difference. Little turnover typically results in very good things. BYU had seven guys gone from the previous year. Seven, Jay, seven guys. That's half of the roster. This is what I like most about this. And it's, it goes with the fact that the roster is, is officially set. It's that it's officially set now, that it's early. Because now you have new NCAA rules that will allow for basically it, it, skill development sessions, which are like four hours a week for eight weeks. You have your entire team. When, when guys come back, when Connor Harding comes back in June, you will have your entire team for those eight weeks. The entire group that you will be going to battle with this upcoming season is in the building, ready to go for that extra development. That's what I love about this. BYU averages in the Dave Rose era four guys of turnover per year, whether it's graduation, transfers, early entrance into the NBA draft or professional leagues. The average is four. One guy, Elijah Bryant. And I know it's Elijah Bryant who led BYU in scoring last year, but you replace him with Nick Emery for crying out loud, who went for 30-plus 
in multiple games his freshman year. This is not just any player that's coming back. Like, no transfers is a huge deal for BYU basketball. Again, the NCAA still has to rule on Nick Emery, but all indications, through BYU anyway, are that things are okay from their standpoint. They've done everything they need to do. He's been readmitted. It's all good. Who knows what the NCAA comes back with, but no sanctions or anything for the team or the program. This is solely going to be a situation with Nick Emery where we just wait and, and see what they come back with. And I hope it's nothing, but who knows? But listen, if it were serious, they wouldn't be coming out and saying, yeah, he's good, we're moving forward. So BYU's very careful that way. So I'm reading between the lines there. It's going to be all right. It's very rare that you get to add a player of the caliber of Nick Emery and it's not really an addition. You know what I mean? Like It's not something new. You, you know what you're getting from Nick Emery. And you know the talent that he brings to the team. And so it, it should be as seamless a transition as you could possibly imagine because he's already been with the team. He's been around the guys. Like This is, this is not trying to figure out how this new piece fits. He's already fit before. Having him back is, is just a huge benefit for BYU. For me, BYU wins 25-plus games next year because they have Yoli Childs and Nick Emery back and no transfers. I cannot tell you how big of a deal it is for BYU to have this continuity, which they very rarely enjoy. And to know it this early in the season, in the offseason. Let's go. Let's go. Coming up, Brandon Davies, the top 10 player. We'll get to that. More coming up in the whip. Is that even a question? And more of your thoughts on the BYU football season as we keep it 100 on BYU Sports Nation. When will the football team as a whole cross the 100-point mark for the season? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Blaine Fowler. Uncle B, always a pleasure, my friend. Apologies once again to Dennis Pitta for running out of time. <laughs> if you missed any of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And don't forget, tomorrow's show will be live from the BYU store. BYU wide receivers coach Fessy Satake will be in attendance as well. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Basketball. BYU basketball assistant coach Tim Lacombe was quoted by the Deseret News saying, quote, everyone but Elijah Bryant returns. The roster is now set, In quote. Lacombe went on to mention that the roster will include Nick Emery. Golf. 39th-ranked BYU men's golf opens their first round of play at the NCAA Championships in Stillwater, Oklahoma. No Sunday play for the Cougars, so their final round will be played today, coupled with what they do in rounds one and two on Friday and Saturday, while the rest of the field finishes things out on Sunday. Track and field. The Cougars began competition today at the NCAA West Prelims in Sacramento. Now, 23 of the 52 BYU athletes who qualified for regionals will begin competition today, including Abe Alvarado, who did join BYU Sports Nation earlier this week. Basketball. He's got the karma. Yes. Also a guy who has the karma. Brandon Davies, the EuroLeague ranked the top 10 American players of the season. 
Davies comes in at number five, ranked above any other American center. Well done, Brandon. Also, Elijah Bryant worked out for the Los Angeles Lakers yesterday in a pre-draft workout, which led to this tweet from Bryant that included a quote from Magic Johnson and a photo of him with the Hall of Fame point guard. Look at that. They got Elijah and, uh, and Magic and all of the uh, the trophies in the back. Uh, that. Yeah, that's well set up in Los Angeles. Very, very cool. Soccer. Ashley Hatch scored the game winner in the 64th minute as the Washington Spirit defeats Sky Blue FC 1-0. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. I want to give it to Elijah Bryant, Jason. We're working out with his uncle Kobe's team. <laughs> was uh, was was the Cobster there? I wonder. I, probably not. Probably not. Yes. But, He's hey, busy making Magic television and movies. Magic was in the house. I would imagine that is probably just part of things now. Anybody that comes through, not only do you get the sit down with Magic for to to discuss, you've got to get a selfie. When? How many other chances are you going to have to get a picture with Magic Johnson? Good question. Look, I do not like the Lakers. I would take a picture with Magic Johnson. It's Magic Johnson. Okay? Okay. You, you've inspired me to do this, Jason. By the power of Grayskull, this is the voice of the nation. <laughs> Hit it. Wow, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> this is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Oh, that did not go at all. Am I, I, am I, thought it would. Am I your battle cat in this scenario? Yeah. <laughs> What's his real name? Cringer. Cringer. There you go. Because he was always scared. BYU (laughs) (laughs) football scored us 100 points of the season in game nine last year. Which game will they do it this season at Matt Pat Speaks? Game six. Easy. Please tell me when Kevin Sumlin had some sort of defense. Notoriously poor defenses in Houston. No A&M. Not really. BYU will surprise in the opener. Remember the heat factor here, though. It'll be hot in Tucson, but... But it's a dry heat, so you really don't need to worry about it too much. <laughs> Our elite voice of the day, from at Cosmo underscore duh underscore Cougar. This is the year when BYU will commit grimes against humanity. <laughs> well done. Game three, market. Wow. Well... Game three. <laughs> grimes against humanity. Well played. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. The show always on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app for Jerem. I mean Jason. Orco. Just call me Orco. <laughs> Cringer. I'm Spencer. Shout out to Rick Fair.